0: Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're looking at one of the greatest of all time today, Orson Welles' Citizen Kane and the influence it still has. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smith and
1: And I'm Clifton. All right, so this
0: film is celebrating an anniversary this week, 80 years since its release. Citizen Kane, what can be said? Maybe the film world's most honored film, starring and directed by Orson Welles, which he co-wrote along with screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz. Citizen Kane was Welles' very first feature film, directorially or as an actor. He was just 25. The film was largely revolutionary for its day. There is maybe no other film touted as the best film ever made more frequently than Citizen Kane, topping the AFI, that's the American Film Institute, top 100 films of all time twice. Ranked number one in 1998, as well as an updated list in 2007, even sporting the highest critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes until very recently when Paddington Two beat it out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. How very fitting. Yes.
0: Yep. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there are full courses on this film alone in film school. Uh, maybe the most critiqued film ever from film scholars perspective. Um, but we're going to try and do it justice. So. Here we go. We're looking at just why Citizen Kane is so influential. Clifton, you want to start us off?
1: Uh, sure. I mean, just thing I'll bring up to begin with is Citizen Kane as a film was controversial to begin with. Yes. It was highly anticipated because Orson Welles had been, Orson, well, Orson Welles and Mercury Theater Group, the Mercury Theater Company, had been a, a radio phenomenon up to that point. They were known nationwide Orson Welles himself had been on the cover of Time Magazine at the age of 23 mm-hmm. before this movie was made. So this was being seen as their major motion picture debut right. yeah. for Orson Welles and Mercury Theater. And I mean, it was highly anticipated yeah. uh, because of that. Lots of people looking forward to it. And then on the other hand, you had one of the most prominent and influential people in the country trying to kill it before yeah. anyone ever saw it. Yes, and that was uh, William Randolph Hearst, Hearst, who yes. kind of caught wind that the fictional Charles Foster Kane of the title character was not entirely fictional. No, <laughs> no. and who <laughs> no. was determined to stop this uh, this this iteration of it coming out. He did not want people to see it. He had a lot of powerful friends in the other studios, uh, in the press who the other studios were attempting to, you know, thwart the film's release by either buying it to not release it or just not allowing it to be shown in their theaters because at that point in time, the movie studios also owned all of the theaters and the theater chains in in America. So they could just say like Paramount could just not show a competitor's movie in their theaters Mm, if they wanted to. Uh, That was... Soon after that, uh, that practice was ended in a landmark Supreme Court case called United States versus Paramount Pictures Incorporated, which ended the practice of studio-owned theaters. Uh, That ruling is no longer the case as of last year. So we could see a return to (laughs) studio-owned theaters sometime in the near future. But for about uh, 70 years there, it was not the case. But yeah, so like much of... uh, much of its ultimate success, uh, Citizen Kane's ultimate success, came later because it didn't make a whole lot of money because of that, right? because of its restricted viewings. But it did get good reviews in good write-ups in newspapers that weren't owned by Hearst. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it did get uh, some awards of its day. It was awarded yeah. the Best Picture Award from the New York Film Critics Circle, as well as the National Board of Review Nominated for nine Oscars and went on to win Best Screenplay, co-written by Wells and Herman J. Mankiewicz, as as Zach told us before. Mm. It did not win Best Picture that year, Uh, ironically. That went to How Green Was My Valley, directed by John Ford. Right. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Which, <laughs> interesting
0: <laughs> interesting life
1: i'm just saying this that. movie
0: has had because <laughs> yes. yeah there was there was a bit for lack of a better term a, a smear campaign on it right. right um like you said critically w- well received for the day uh even recognized in some circles and then like largely forgotten about yeah. like right. kind of disappeared right like you know home videos not a thing mm-hmm. um and then to my knowledge, I believe that, you know, some some scholars and some film critics up in France started to discover it like, you know, uh, turn of the war right. mm. and started really going like, wow, this is a really great movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of it kind of triggered some like theater re-releases and everything. So like, so um, it th- th- that's that's sort of like where the film is profitable, air quote, sort of stems from is from like multiple re-releases many, 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 many years after the fact. <laughs> right,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, yeah.
2: Well, to me, okay. I get all the controversy when it was l- released, mm-hmm. but I also delved into it deeper as to why it was such a push to get it re-released, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. usually when stuff tanks, it just tanks, and it's not like till what, the VHS market that stuff steps up. But this being such an old movie, that didn't happen until mm-hmm. years, 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 years later, correct? Right. Okay, to me, what makes this movie so um, talk of the town is the cinematography, though. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not big on it because I've (laughs) never made a movie. So I don't know the painstaking things that they did that made it so great. Right. Because it always, every time I see it on lists, you know, in the top 10, top 20 lists, like, what the hell? It's a 1940s movie. I could care less. <laughs> right. And, and and even reading into the story, still my reaction. Could give a damn. Right. But well, I think the cinematographer, Greg Toland, mm-hmm. the stuff he does as far as how it looks. Like, for example, there's a scene with the fireplace. Mm-hmm. You think the fireplace is little. Oh, my God. When Orson Welles walks to it it's a damn bonfire in the damn um, house, you know? It's It's, a room. That fireplace is a room. Yes! Which Mm -hmm. which I was like, the hell? But that and another scene had to be explained to me.
0: Which which also, though, really quick, I mean, like, for the day, also, Mm -hmm. a house that size, which, Which that was a stupid house. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yes. No central heat, no central air, right? No, no. Like, you know, I can't justify it, but I'm just saying semi understandable to, <laughs> you know, that house would be freezing.
2: Yo, <laughs> it'd be drafty as hell. Just how big it is.
0: Like when yeah. it comes down those
2: steps, Jesus, yeah. what the hell? But what I was referring to was in the beginning when they're, when they're selling them off his parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way you can still see him play outside and not lose focus of the people in the house is ridiculously accurate. Like mm-hmm. hell, you can't even do that with computers, damn near, With the stuff you do with the he did in that movie, that <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll agree is amazing for that time. Yes, yeah. and th- that's what that's as far as I'll go. <laughs> it's what I, I it's the accolades I give.
0: I <laughs> would, in my opinion, I like this is just for me, just as a rebuttal off of what you're saying. I would say, uh-huh. still visually striking to this day. Even even, no, all, even even with all even with 80 years of film technique and film study uh evolving and changing and people being inspired by this movie and people being inspired by other stuff and everything, like there's something about the way this movie looks that when i put it back on preparing for the show and i hadn't seen it for a couple of years i'm just like man like it still like it still kind of shocks me like the stuff that they do in this movie oh yeah no definitely you know? does Like at
2: the the long takes, like uh, Zach, when you're discussing how people used to dig trenches to put the camera in, they're the people that uh, uh, made it into why they did it or because how the shot was Mm. taken, why people would even consider doing that from that point forward. Mm. That to me that made it insane as far as what they did. Um, Mm. I was marvelled at that and the lighting. Like they would turn off a light and then set lighting somewhere else in the shot and it totally illuminated in a different way with emphasized yep. different characters in the scene. Yeah. That was also amazing. And, and it's again, cinematographer, this bastard's
0: mm-hmm. insanely good. Best yeah, in the he 1940s. Was. He was. And, and, and also bouncing off a little bit of Wells, um, inspiration yes. as well for things, which we're kind of jumping around and everything. Um, but one of the things that that I was tripping over when I was prepping for this was he was a novice at film directing. Mm-hmm. He had never done it before. You know, I mean, like he worked in the theater extensively and had a reputation, um, you know, Orson. Welles, I, I heard some documentary or some interview a long, long time ago about Orson Welles, and they were talking about how like he was regarded as a genius mm, at a young yeah. age. And I'm talking uh, yeah. like like. A child like a young child's age. Like not not like 13. People were like, wow, this guy's, you know, got something. Like very young. And they didn't really like go into like how they they decided that or felt like I wish that they had gotten into it more. Um, but so so like Clifton was saying, like there was anticipation for him coming to the film world. And he was courted, <laughs> right? Like after the Mercury Theater stuff and War of the Worlds and everything like that. But one of the things I like he was basically like like just he watched like stagecoach like every night for a month, <laughs> they said like like right. in preparation for this, like he just started watching a ton of stuff and and some of the stuff that I tripped over that he saw was like uh the cabinet of Dr Caligari, okay, which was okay. If, you know my my if my movie geek uh mind. I think it's from 1919 that was directed by Robert Ween. Right. He was looking at a lot of Fritz Lang movies Um, and yeah, and he watched Stagecoach like every night after dinner, they said for a month straight. And because he was under contract at RKO at the time, he was getting department heads and studio heads to watch with him every single night, different people. And then he would just ask them, like, how did they do this? How did they do that? Right. How do they accomplish Hmm. this? And it's just like it just sort of like like blows my mind. at sort of Mm. like the self-taught angle of this. But you're bringing up the lighting and stuff. Not that noir was necessarily a thing just yet, like noir was still coming. But he was inspired by essentially the guys that. Kind of were ushering in, ushering it in, like Fritz Lang did a lot of noir movies. Caligari is. Essentially the film that inspires that sort of like strong shadowy contrast German expressionism stuff like that's Caligari right there, you know, mm-hmm. and it shows. I think like like, you know, Wells liked that style. He would go on to do no noirs himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what got me is that like you can kind of see a little bit when you when you're looking into it, like sort of like the building blocks of like a style that was that was still in its infancy when he made this. And then still, even still that that genre is like known for that. I don't think any of those movies really looked better than this ever. You know?
2: Yeah, no, you could clearly tell that they're influenced by what he created there, at least to how the the films depicted that lighting. Mm. And that, and that was just, and that was just another example of why I understood why the movie is great. And then if you don't mind me taking away from the lighting now, Another thing mm-hmm. that I found remarkable for that age was the makeup. Mm-hmm. Every, yeah. every person there was shown in three stages of their life. Right. And mm-hmm. all of it was believable. Like what I mean by that is when you show him old, dying or midway through his life, you don't be like, eh, it, it's sagging or, oh, <laughs> oh that's It's right. garbage. Look, it was all on point as to how they looked when they told their story and when they, and when they're in the twilight of the years, you know?
0: Right. When I see it, I forget that he doesn't look like that at that yes. stage of his, of his career at this point. Right. Like I forget, you know, cause you see later stuff like touch of evil and everything like that, where he's got some makeup over there, but he's definitely older. Yes. You know? uh, And like, I forget that the, that the older stuff, it's like, that's not him. That's makeup. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Yeah.
1: He's a 25 year old at the time. Yeah, and yes. Joseph Cotton around the same age. Who plays yes. Josiah Leland? Mm.
0: He was soon to marry Rita Hayworth. He was he was still young and good looking when he did this movie. <laughs> but I but yeah. I think a lot of that has to do also with a the theater
3: background. Wouldn't you think the mm-hmm. idea that you know if you know if you're playing you know King Lear one night and you're playing you know somebody much younger the night before, you know the a couple nights later you would get used to the idea of (laughs) at least have somebody that, you know, that could do that kind of makeup again for that time. It's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even still though, like theater doesn't have to be that convincing because nobody's right up on it. Right. Right. Uh, So yeah, the fact that like, I think, I think how they act and sell the age probably comes a lot from theater where Mm -hmm. they're like, we got to like make this convincing to the people in the back row yeah, and uh but yeah like it holds up really well on cinema which i think is a little surprising at the time as mm-hmm. how well it holds up under the cameras
3: yeah one thing i remember when when i when i first you know one of the first time i saw this and read up on Sizen and k was just the idea that a lot of the stuff that he did for it was like you said was um he played a lot with perspective and the idea of you know characters looming large or looming small in a scene as well as the fact mm-hmm. that if you go back and look a lot of the sets have ceilings, which at the time wasn't really something that they did all that much. And in some right. scene, some cases, you got you've got scenes where Kane looks like he's almost about to touch the ceiling, like he's right. like yeah. he's such, he's yeah. such a large figure, and you know has such a long you know has yeah. such a you see the it, lights
0: otherwise yeah. typically mm-hmm. that's that's why right. right you see the lights and the boom mic.
3: Right. Exactly. So it's one (laughs) of those things where I remember, I remember reading that up on them and then seeing it subsequently after that going, Oh yeah, you're right. There are scenes that like it has that feel and it might have been done, you know, again, to make the characters look larger or to give more of a claustrophobic feeling for a scene, you know, it all depends, but it's just something again, that I, that I, I can't unsee now that I know that it's, it was done. So.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. The first thing I remember kind of hearing about it when when I was getting into movies and just like just knowing the title. Right. Because this was a movie that I had certainly heard about and heard its reputation before I actually sat and watched it. You know, but the thing that I kept hearing about was the windows. Mm -hmm. Right. And like reading like film essays and critics talking about like, yeah, there was that perspective shift where like you think the window is really, really small until somebody walks up to it and it's huge
4: hmm.
0: Right. And there and there's a, a narrative symbolism to it where it's like he's signing away his business. And so he's, you know, he's somebody coming into power to sort of, <laughs> you know, illustrate yeah. that. And I, like the movie does this all the time,
4: mm-hmm.
0: all the time, like all these kind of like interesting reversals. I, like one thing that struck me was. um, You know, when when basically his parents are selling him off in the flashback to to his youth, right, there is a moment where like. You think his dad is the hero of this moment, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, he's the only one like fighting to be like, no, no, no. Like, this is wrong. We can't, you know, sell my kid. Right. Until you Mm -hmm. find out. She's like, no, no, I'm selling him to get him away from you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Like, and and they're just like, you know, I watch a lot of old movies, but I still wonder. I'm like, man, what was that like for audiences to like, see that scene? Right. You know,
2: I don't know. I don't know. And they'll tell them what happened in the forties.
0: Sure. (laughs) yeah but that's that's
2: okay now we get to the crux of why I did not like this movie the oh. story
0: let let let's let's set it up really quick so so you were okay you 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 had seen it for the first time prepping for this correct yes correct okay <laughs> okay i just wanted i just wanted to 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 point it out there just because you know you're you're reviewing it as if like like you know like i just you just saw it yesterday you know what i mean Oh, yeah. No,
2: no, definitely. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. That scene. When you get to see his parents sell him off, like he doesn't have a care in the world when all that occurs. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, in my head, it's like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and, and, and maybe I missed a scene or missed a moment mm-hmm. that uh, when did how is he bequeathed this money? Like under what conditions and what does he leave and what does he go to? for a man to come to buy a kid and she does it to get him away from her. Like they don't go, um, excuse me, away from the dad. They don't go into details, but all that seems ominous. Like I can't Mm -hmm. even think of a situation (laughs) in which I would sell my kid for money.
3: Right. For sure.
2: And then, and then have the mom be the one to push it.
3: Yeah.
2: And it's like, they didn't tell Mm -hmm. the kid and the kid to me was happy. So whatever the dad was doing, it didn't mess with the kid too much. Because he was mm-hmm. happy outside in the snow by himself with the sled. So unless he gave yep. him too much sugar, I didn't feel the resonance. That's why he had to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like he wasn't well, mopey, ha- he wasn't he's...
0: depressed. Right. He's happy in that moment doing what he's doing. <laughs>
2: right. Right. Which, right. yes. But, but, that's, but that's what confused me. I'm like, mm-hmm. if the kid is happy and then you push the narrative that he wished he was a kid, what the hell was this old man doing to his kid to make the mom want him, want him to go? Mm-hmm. i think it, it's more i think it's more the idea that he's happy
3: in the moment of escaping <laughs> his situation as a kid in mm-hmm. that moment of being outside and away from things not you know i think that's more the idea of like when you again you know we're spoiling an 80 year old movie but um yes you oh, know, i'm the,
2: spoiling it yes you're right uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. just the idea of uh, and again i think it, i think it plays into what you're saying is the idea that no he the, the reason why he longed for that time was the fact that. You know, that might have been in what might have been the, the hardest or most awful part of his life. He could find simple joy in that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But yes, his, it, well, at the same time, you know, the mom is pushing for the
2: fact to get him away from the dad for whatever reason. Yeah, right. She packed this stuff what, a week prior. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. but To me, it's like it's a room full of monsters. Mm-hmm. That's all I saw it as. Right.
0: Yeah. No, I'm just but like, like I'm saying it. No, it but, been, mean, but that's but that's the point.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, I think right? the idea—that's like the point. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I,
3: again, I think the idea being, you know, he had the moment where he's with the sled, and you know, for all he knows, everything is everything is fine at that point. You know, you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you think back. You know, you think back. He doesn't want to the day where, go. Yeah, he
0: doesn't. He doesn't want to go. He, he, you know, he. <laughs> right, but that's what he hates that guy. There. He's pushing him over instead. Oh no, he mm-hmm. hates you know? that guy throughout the whole movie. But that's. Yeah.
2: But that's what that's what doesn't make sense to me. It's her need mm. to have him go, right? And yeah. especially if it's to get away from this guy. But you put him in the hands of a, another monster that wants him to be mm. something totally different to his ideals. But I'll come back to that towards the end when we discuss the end of the at least the story. Mm. Uh, I <laughs> I hated the guy so much. Look, let and, me ask you
0: this though, because um. At this point, I think it's impossible to not have things like the ending ruined and and thing and and to have not seen references to it in, in other <laughs> in a million avenues other of pop culture. <laughs>
2: right. Yes. Right. Yes.
0: Because that was something when when when
3: when Tommy was cursing me about having to watch this movie um, that all throughout this week, I said there was something I was going to say to him that that I'm like, I'm like, I told him. 20 minutes in you'll recognize this movie from a million other things from you've seen it before basically mm-hmm. because of the yeah. fact that because of the fact that it's it's so permeated you know the culture um the, and what i was going to tell you Tommy was i was just going to say one simple word which would was bobo right
2: no i get it from simpsons mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean no, that I get whole, it. that episode rosebud is is it's 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 citizen burns basically
2: mm-hmm. no i no i get that i, I have seen it no yeah i saw that
0: I saw a Citizen Kane reference last week and mm-hmm. I didn't seek out. I was watching Mickey Mouse cartoons with with my son, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And there is a shot of Donald who's like running for office and he's addressing a crowd and there's a huge Donald Duck like poster right, <laughs> right. behind him as he's like sure. talking to the masses. And I'm like. I'm like, And this, and this was, and this is a new cartoon. This isn't like one of the Disney ones from the fifties. Right. Right. This is, this is like wonderful world of Mickey mouse. Right.
1: Are these, were these part of the new Mickey mouse shorts that they've been doing for yep. like six years or whatever now? Yeah.
0: So it was one of those. And I'm just like, I'm like, there's a citizen Kane reference right there. I'm like, like, you know, just, just it's in a cartoon. The first thing I'd ever seen. And it was like a tiny tunes cartoon when they did the Montana max episode, when he screams acne out the window and everybody's like, what does he mean? Like right right?
1: yeah the first one i ever saw was the real ghostbusters episode where the ghost of citizen Kane shows up and is is right on the the place looking for rosebud right and (laughs) and they have to figure out what rosebud is they go through the whole thing but that's where i learned about it all first was uh Uh, Real Ghostbusters episode might probably written by Straczynski. They seem to probably lots of them were written by Straczynski who show ran real Ghostbusters. Yeah, but that was my introduction to it. But it's just I mean, like, it's everywhere. Yeah. And
0: it's one of those things I think like, like, yeah, like whether people know it or not, you know what I mean?
1: They've seen this movie reference to them a hundred times. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I've got like there's a whole list of references. Like Tim Burton references it visually a lot, the mm-hmm. cinematography in Batman and Batman Returns.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes. Like
1: the shot of of uh, Billy mm-hmm. D. Williams as Dent for Mayor is a right. Citizen mm-hmm. Kane shot from the campaign. David Fincher himself, you know, more recently directed Mank about the making of Citizen Kane. Uh, directed a video for Madonna called Oh Father in 1989 that replicates the the entire shot of child playing in snow Mm. and the one i caught this time when i was watching it was when uh kane buys the staff of the the other newspaper Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. i'm drawing the blank on what the other newspaper's name Uh, the chronicle the chronicle when he buys the when he buys the chronicle staff which one the shot of like their staff photo turning into a real life like him just walking around them was a, like a, a cool little shot at the time of going from like uh-huh. a still photo to an actual footage scene. Uh, I did notice that, but in this in the shot when he's celebrating, which is in the same scene, and calls in the marching band and the showgirls and all that to like uh-huh. welcome them to the to his company uh-huh. was completely recreated in Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? yeah. If you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, complete with a marching band and Wolf of Wall Street, it's showgirls then strippers. Mm -hmm. But the scene is completely recreated with with, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's Jordan Belfort character. I think his name was uh, when he's when he's celebrating with his staff and his new company. But yeah, it was like I I recognized it immediately when I rewatched the movie. Mm -hmm.
0: I think the thing about the story, it's it's not so much the story they're telling. It's it's how they're doing it. Yes. The fact that it that it jumps around. That it's nonlinear. Yeah, it's nonlinear. I think for mm. like, you know, I mean, God, we've seen that uh, a million times now. But nineteen forty-one, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, th- that was that was cutting edge at the time, where they were like, "Whoa, okay, like it's not just like A to B to C. Like we're gonna right. like we're essentially gonna show you the whole story in the newsreel at the start of it, and then we're right. gonna kind of yep. get into the meat of it in sort of like these these flashbacks." Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it.
1: It's a complex structure. They hit all the beats, like in the first 10 minutes. They're like, this yeah. is this guy's yeah. death. Yeah. This was his life. This yeah. is how he got there. Yeah. Now let's right. look at it in a different order and explore all the little pieces.
3: Which I think yeah. is a, is a, is a yeah, pretty no. cool. I mean, metaphorically, I think it's a pretty cool idea. The idea that if you, all you knew for Hearst was from what you read of him in the paper, right? You know the idea that no, there's much more to like. Well, a lot of everyone's life, obviously, but the idea that, especially for the for the fact that it was mostly hers that he drew from. Mm -hmm. You know that if that's all you knew, then the idea that oh no, you know there's all these other people that are involved in his in his life and what made him and what shaped him. I thought I was just just for a movie structure. I thought it was I've always thought it was very cool.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree with how the structure is and how the story is. Nonlinear as far as uh, they map out everything in those newsreels, and then you get the different perspectives from the people closest to him, and each mm. one has a different bearing on how what kind of person he was as a result of them telling the story. I'm fine with that. Mm. I just can't stand their point. <laughs> I can't stand the character. Uh, it's, well, it's, it's just right.
1: they can't either. It's, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah. but
2: not not in a sense to me. If he, I thought that I could care less about this kid who got a ton of money and made all the wrong choices in life. That's mm-hmm. all I saw it as. I didn't feel sorry for him at the end. Dude, mm-hmm. I wish you died away way lot earlier in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It, wow. was, it, was, it was the point of subject that they chose to represent to me that ultimately brings the movie down. I wish they mm-hmm. never tried to talk about Hearst because then people would see his storytelling qualities on a much richer way instead of him. Um, telling Hurst how bad a person he was,
0: right? Instead of him throwing it, shade, yes,
2: Ooh, right? Dude, if, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God! If you would just get out your head, you could have been. Mm. You'd have been a thriving um director. It'd have been much bigger than what it was, and it pushed it. The fact that he put Hurst in it, he could have done it. In fact, what's crazy is he could have done a story about anything. They gave him a blank check to do a movie, mm-hmm. and you chose that Joker. Oh, that just made me mad. I love everything but that. That's why. Right. But a lot of but part of the reason why he went after Hearst is because Hearst was wasn't Hearst involved
3: in the idea of like who controls information? Wasn't that a right. lot of what Yeah, a, I
1: mean, he's that's, accusing Hearst of being the yellow journalist that caused the Spanish-American War? Yeah, he was which there's is a, a lot right. of history behind that.
3: Yeah, he went after Hearst for a reason. It wasn't like he just was like, "Ah, you know, I'm choosing this guy because he's rich." No, he went after him cuz <laughs> Hearst was involved with a lot of basically telling people this is how things are when things weren't that way.
1: And the most shade there was, like there's in the bits where they're talking it's the, you know, the recap of Kane's life and they're talking about in the newspaper how this paper never, you know, there's never something they don't take a side on, there's never something they don't condemn or praise and some things they praise then condemn and it's a picture of Hitler mm-hmm. like that's a straight <laughs> dig at Hearst. Right. <laughs> right. Even before we're in the war. Yeah.
0: But, Look, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm with I'm with you, too, about like the, the blank slate thing. Like, I understand that. Right. Like, like the idea be like you had a blank check to do whatever you want. Like you could have done like the most amazing yes. swashbuckler movie like to date and everything. But I but at the time, also, I think I think the thing to keep in perspective is that nobody went after people like this. Right. In film. Right. <laughs> well, I, well now with like, like, I mean, just because- just how daring how daring it was for him to do this as his first outing. Right. Like, I mean, it's still, it's still shocking. I think that, well, you, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I think it is, I think some of it's a little, a little lost in, in the time, but it, but it's like, it is like a, a super, super daring, shocking move that this is what he chose. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But right? to me, it's, at the end of the day, it just, it just stunts his, his growth as to what he could have been better. That's, that's what even mm-hmm. makes it more sadder to me. It, it feels like mm. it, he's a great actor, but oh my god, as a film, as a filmmaker, it stunted him. It's it's almost felt mm. like that's his peak because after, mm. af, if that's his first movie, with time he should have gotten better, mm. but no one gave him a chance as a result of him going after the um the guy at the top. You know, I mean, mm. he had some other good movies. I mean,
3: still, he still <laughs> yeah. has some other good movies after this. Granted, <laughs> his game was better than this. I, well, I'm not saying that I'm just saying he didn't have his movies weren't bad after this
2: yeah but to me and it's again, like and, it's that it and again this is it, after war this is after war of the worlds too no I get <laughs> yeah. that but to me it's like that saying you know you aim at the king you bet not miss sure and the radio, that's, the and radio that's,
0: play R- war of the
2: worlds
3: right yeah, yes. not, the, yeah. Not, the, <laughs> not the Tom Cruise one or, or yeah. others. <laughs> I mean, his, his, yeah. his uh,
0: movie career ended yes I mean yes that is true Mm-hmm. But it but it wasn't after this movie. I mean, he 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 made movies into the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he did and he did have. A reputation at, at a certain point of being, you know, going over budget and being, you know, difficult to 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 work with and stuff like that and everything, you know what I mean? But I mean, like he yeah. he, he does have he doesn't have maybe. An entire film that says that says, you know celebrated as Citizen Kane, but I mean, mm-hmm. he's definitely got moments and things in other movies that he's done. There's the like the, the mirror sequence in Lady from Shanghai that he did is is that's another movie he directed that like that's another one you've seen reference a million times, mm-hmm. right? Like, like it's a, until you watch it. Touch of
1: Evil is sort of like opening. Yeah, the whole, the whole opening, opening shot. Yep. Yeah, I don't know.
0: No, 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 I just like, but, you know it's also, I do think where where I agree with you here is that it's not a fun movie to watch. No, right. (laughs) No, I love it. I absolutely love it, but right. It's not, (laughs) it's, it's not, um, it's going to pick me up. Casablanca makes Casablanca (laughs) makes me happy. Right.
4: (laughs) Casablanca is one of my
0: favorite movies of all time came out the following year. Right. Like that movie, like, like brightens my world when I watch it. Right, mm-hmm. Die Hard's fun to watch. Right, yes, like I'll watch yeah. it. You know, you know, however many times a year, um, you know. But but that's also like it's kind of not the point of the, of this one. Like you, you know, like like what Clifton was saying. Like none of us like Kane, yeah. <laughs> the guy. Like he,
3: he's awful. You like <laughs> you, you like him in moments. You like him in moments, and then the next moment oh, he that's... does something
2: awful. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. not even remotely. I hated him from. From, from the, the little beginning? kid playing outside. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. He was about to tell you. Th- oh, my God. As a result of them telling yeah, you're going to boarding school. have a new, better life. He beats the guy with the sh- with the sled and never relents. I mean, a- at that mm. point, he hates the dude from that point forward. He gives him a better life, gives him all these opportunities, and he's still a a, a jerk. And <laughs> then at the end, when they make me want to feel sorry for him, I do not. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's just, it's, to me, it was just. Giving you money doesn't make you smarter or more, let's uh, um, call it, moralistic. I get um, mm-hmm. Wells' is dig towards Hearst, but to show the world that this, this guy sucks, trust me, you don't need a movie to show it, and for him <laughs> to think he's so big to do it, it it's absurd. I, I, but, but Clifton, I get what you're saying and his meaning and what he tried to provide as result of the movie, but dude, man, it's, it, to me, he made a great movie and stunted it. By using it as a vehicle to take down a guy that he could not take down. Mm. That's why I see it as. It's just, it's it, he uses it as a vehicle to to, to have his own, uh, uh, to be an activist. Dude, if you want to be an activist, mm. be an activist, you know? But, but, I am? But, but to use that, the story to do that took me out of the picture. I could give a damn about William Randall first, you know? And, and, mm. and, it, and it sees that with that movie as Citizen Kane. I get that. But. Oh, what makes it to me sadder is how beautiful and how much energy and ingenuity went into them making a the movie.
0: Right. Well, I, I when I'm saying, I don't like Cain. It's true, but I am fascinated by him.
1: Right. It's a, he's like a Shakespearean tragic character. He's like a King Lear. Yeah. Like yeah. King Lear isn't good. You don't like King Lear, but it's an interesting <laughs> story to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And all it is is his I, downfall I, and his yes. own
0: hubris. Yes. I love the bo- I love the moment where he comes in and he's buying the paper and he's talking like to, to the to the editor in chief there. And like everybody's like standing up, greeting him. And and he insists he's like, like, you know, like pe- people don't don't stand. Don't don't stand for me. But he's not talking to any of them. He tells the other guy to tell them. Tell them to not not stand for me. And I'm like, it it is like, I I, I love the dichotomy of like, like he, 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 he knows what is supposed to be accepted, but at the same time is incredibly elitist and looks down on everybody and doesn't even speak to anybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Except for that other guy. And, and, you know, and the idea of essentially making your first newspaper front page yourself mm-hmm Right, it's sure. it's like it's like I yeah. can, I can hardly think of anything more egotistical than that. Sure,
3: <laughs> I mean I, I mean for me I love all the stuff with jedi I love the stuff when they're like you know they've got they've got that moment of like we're you know we're we're gonna be idealistic we're gonna do the right thing and then when the first moment like they're really tested, you know Jedediah does the thing with the with the you know run the review, and it's yep. just. You know, and he's like, "Great, you're fired." <laughs> you know that yep. that whole bit to me is like is it, it, again that encapsulates it. That and then the the scene with his wife at the table that gets further and farther apart, right?
1: Yeah,
3: over yeah. the course of over the course of their marriage, and uh, just a bit when she's like, "Well, what will people think?" And he's like, "What I tell them to think is again <laughs> another moment where I I just I, again he's a terrible character, and you you know maybe you don't feel bad for him, you don't have any empathy for him at the end, but. Again, I agree with I agree with you, Zach. The idea that I'm fascinated by the character.
2: Oh no, I'm not even at all. To me, it's just oh, to me it was just how bad can you make them? That's that's to me Mm -hmm. that's all I that's all I could see. Mm It's it's from day one, and to me, I see Susan Kane as a anybody who makes films would undoubtedly Mm -hmm. love it, and I cannot argue with them because it's a great filmmaker's movie. But as a Mm -hmm. film lover movie, no. Oh my gosh! Right. I'm fine not seeing it again.
0: No, and I Just- <laughs> and I think I think I look. I think I think that is incredibly valid, you know, opinion to have. All, because look, look, I I know a lot of people that like that don't want to sit through it. Yes, don't want to watch it. Like you know, I I watched it by myself. I couldn't find anyone to watch it with me <laughs> when I was prepping yes. for the show. Right? You know what I mean? Like, yes. It's not an easy sell. No, even it's with not. its accolades, even even with the reputation that it has. No, I understand that. Um, you know, the one thing I want to do is I want to shout out the, the composer um, mm. who I think the opening of this movie is one of the greatest openings of all time. Mm-hmm. No, it's I just, give you that. It's just I so give you that. M- moody. Yep. And. And again, like I, I, I bring up noir every every episode, practically. Like, I love old movies. And the fact that like that this movie doesn't open with huge orchestral big band sound and opening credits, right? Like mm-hmm. the fact that it's so it opens with a, a no trespassing sign. And it yeah. and it's just like so underplayed and it's just like very, very long, slow shots building to something. I mean, like at the time, movie scores were Top of the movie in the beginning credits and credits, and occasionally you got them like in scene cuts for like you're establishing uh, a change of location or something. Right. So we're going to like, like you know, uh, the newspaper uh, publishing building or something. You got the exterior of it. Then that's when you hear the music play. But music didn't play in the movie very much. And the idea that like that they weaved it throughout the movie like as people are talking and like it's, it reinforces everything. I mean, this is we see this every day on television now. Right. Like I wrote that mm. in my notes, like the fact that the fact that like people are talking and it's understated by music. This is on TV five days a week now. Right. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, like I, 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 I've sat through a lot of like NCIS and CSI, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm just like, this is that's in all of those. Shows. I mean, there's mm-hmm. almost not a moment where music's not playing in those shows now. You know? Mm-hmm. No, I can't even disagree with you on that. What? No, music's great. Yeah. Just. Yeah.
2: Oh my god. I just. Oh, I just can't get over how much that sucked. That's all. It's and, and, <laughs> and then and then and, then, and then another thing that reverberates with me is the time in the movie. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody of color is window dressing. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And I get it for the time. I just yeah. don't like watching it. Because it just emphasized. Now, I remember the one scene when the what the band leader was singing. I said, like, "What? That's a black person mm-hmm. in this movie?" And then and then it just cut. Oh, my fault. He's he's just uh, uh, serving the people. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. No. I. I
0: it it look, just look, emphasizes. I mean, yeah. If there's if there's even a black person in these movies from this era, sometimes I mean a lot of times there's not.
4: Right. Yes. And
0: usually, if and usually if there is one, they are in some kind of service job typically right like yes. not not in this case but i mean yeah like you know like i said i watch a lot of old movies that are usually you know you know waiting on people <laughs> mm-hmm. yes but yeah, it's yeah. but no, it's, i understand but, but it's a um what you call it it's i'm
2: not surprised of it. it's just a romanticized mm-hmm. era that i don't care to see um mm-hmm. it's and and i know clifton was saying early with you know of how he's a uh Interesting character to watch. But I swear, please give me a rich man who's not a jerk. And I'll be more surprised mm-hmm. at that. And, and right. then that's, that's, that's why I just kept <laughs> thinking, that OK, he's doing jerk things. No, no surprise there. No surprise there. And then at the end, when it made me want to feel sympathy for him, uh, I, I can't. And then mm-hmm. I get the meaning with the sled and the measure of a man's life and how they're chasing to see what the hell Rosebud meant. Because being such an influential man, an important figure. Why wouldn't it be of importance, right? It just, mm-hmm. it just, right. I just, I just hate the fact they try to humanize him. F him, mm-hmm. f his money, <laughs> f his thoughts, right? Burn his house. That's all I felt at the end of that movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you, but you feel sorry for him as a kid? No, you don't feel sorry. Not even really, remotely. Wait. wait a minute. You said he, he's in a room full of monsters, and, and he gets that- the
2: winning lottery ticket, and he still wishes with the moon for the monsters at the end. Okay. That's what That's, what I, that's what killed me. I was like, dude, you hit mm. the winning lottery ticket. You can't help but think about your sled as a little kid when maybe your dad was touching you or beating the hell out of you. I have no idea as to <laughs> what, what it would occur. God. But that's that was... Yeah, exactly. But that was his dying wish. I was like, mm. oh, you're a jerk. After you've done upended people's lives through the course of your whole life, this is what you wanted to go back to?
0: F you. The... The shot when that when that sled is burning. I wish it was him, but does it- does get me a little <laughs> bit. It does get it does get to me. <laughs> it does get to me where like as 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 much of a monster as he is. I do, I can't help but think every time I watch it, I'm much I, I, I have the thought of like, man, like what if this kid just could have had a normal childhood? Would any of this happen? Sure. Right. Like, like there, there is, there is a, a, um, there, like there is, you know, a sadness that comes over me when I think about his life, right? That, you know, you, you, you have all this money, you have all this power, you have at your disposable, uh, at your disposal, so many instances to affect positive change. And in the end, the only moment of happiness you had was, a moment in the snow where you're playing with a sled, mm-hmm. right? Where, where your innocence is not smashed beyond belief every moment after that. You know, it might've genuinely been the only time he was happy in his entire life.
3: Yeah. Genuinely. The mm-hmm. rest of the time he wasn't.
2: I wish he froze in the snow. If that was the case.
3: My thing is, is, is the, your reaction to it, Tommy is funny to me because it's not a, it's not a, it's not unique to the 40s. That's why I'm like when I think about the story, I'm like, it's a timeless story. I mean we've no, we've it, seen we've seen plenty of modern tellings of people who get rich and, and hit the have the winning lottery ticket and their lives are abysmal as a fact of having the winning lottery ticket. That's not
2: new. Hmm. I mean, no, that's but of of course maybe, it's not new now because it revisits that. But no, I get what you're saying. Hmm. Um, but it's it, that that's 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 why screaming to me while I didn't care to see the the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel nuanced to me at all what's nuanced mm-hmm. is the way they told the story that mm-hmm. right. hands down I can't argue it's amazing what they did it the explanation mm-hmm. that it's I would I would much rather see a documentary 10 hours long on how they made it than sit through another viewing of the story they <laughs> created that's <laughs> right. how I feel it's wow. so much more interesting than this jerk because okay. it's Let's it's it just celebrates, to me, how it's. Ugh, it just makes me feel like wealth. sucks, and it does. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to suck, but it will always suck. And that's what that's what almost makes it universal. You give a jerk or even a nice guy a, a ton of money, and this is what you get. Ugh! It, it's and mm-hmm. it's and it's universal and it's timeless, and no one sees that
0: let's get into the acting a little bit in this movie because this also <laughs> oh. had an an interesting, uh, avenue to it, an interesting aspect to it. And that, you know, a lo- all of the principal actors in this all came from theater, had never done a motion picture before. Right. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just curious, like, what do you guys, what do you guys think about it? You know, what's, what's the reputation about, of, of this, you know, also as far as, uh, you know, from a film history perspective, because act, acting in forties movies is quite different, mm-hmm. you know, than it is now where it's a lot more, you know, certainly, the, you know, there's a much more an attempt to be naturalistic, you know, at a certain point in the forties, it was all, you know, it, it, it was all theater training that sort of manifested itself on screen. Let's just do, let's just do what we're doing on stage here in right. front of these cameras. Right. No, I, I love the acting. The acting is great. I
2: mean, I love mm-hmm. how, what, the first wife, how you can see it in her face, how she's displeased, and they do it almost as a montage, and how quickly she, mm-hmm. she can show the discern in her face without making it over the top. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the stages of how he met his second wife, how she's an <laughs> innocent flower, <laughs> you know, just, you know, ready to talk about the most simplistic things, even while having a toothache, per se. But right. then mm-hmm. you see her trying to take her life towards the end. And now she just doesn't care about
0: anything. He
2: says same mm-hmm. actress, not that
0: I love. She's a fascinating character to me too. I mean, the, the fact that the, the, the wide range of emotions and different kind of aspects of her performance, she gets to have in, you know, screen time. That's not very long. I mean, this isn't a long movie. It's not a terribly long movie. It's under, I mean, it's, an hour and 59 minutes, so it's under two hours by a minute, but it's under two hours, <laughs> you know, right, yeah, and then I love how in the newsreel, those same
2: actors almost show a more um that faky newsreel look to them
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: in which it's more caricatured, like when they're doing the wedding or the celebrations, or anything that um like how uh, a TV show or a newspaper would show the happiness. How they like played up more than the newsreel, as opposed to the actual movie. Mm-hmm. The newsreel or the difference between the two, I like that as well. It almost made it seem like it's two different people being um, filmed when they're doing that whole bit with the newsreel in the beginning.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean a lot of the acting at that time, even until you get into the 50s with the rise of method acting. I mean, you, it was a lot more pantomime. It was a lot bigger. Everything was mm-hmm. broader on yep. screen. In the 30s and 40s, like once they got to the talkies until you got to the Method era of Brando and such. But this is like a precursor to the Method era, I think, because a lot of their performances were understated. Like I think of Joseph Cotton, well, Orson Welles, obviously, but Joseph Cotton, I thought was an especially understated role. Mm
0: -hmm. Like a
1: lot of his performance is in subtext kind of yes like he doesn't it's not overt in anything he does but you always understand what he's thinking what the the leland character is thinking and what his motivations are and i can't help but think it's because they were from new york like their entire company was based in new york and all of the studio system was like born and raised la i mean obviously these people would you know these actors were growing up like being born in the middle of america kansas and such and then following their dreams to hollywood but as far as becoming performers they were being groomed in the in the la studio system and i and i can't help but think like maybe that was just something from their new york theater roots that it was a different style that was already on the rise in new york that hadn't made Mm. it out west yet until they took it there with them
0: oh that's interesting
1: i don't know about that i can't i mean i know. I have no basis for that other than my own curiosity or my own theorizing, but I mean, you have a lot of other, like the later ones also came out of New York, like Brando and such. So we might've just been seeing like early precursors of, of the method movement.
0: Well, and Joseph cotton coming off of this, you know, he was a leading man, you know, later on, you know, Mm. I mean, he became a a, a big actor in his own right. Mm -hmm. Um, after the fact from here and they and they reunited later on in the third man where Joseph Cotton was was actually the you know, the the hero, the 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 lead mm-hmm. um in that movie later on. But yeah, I mean, so this I, I don't want to say this movie launched careers, but I mean, this movie was, you know, like Marlene Dietrich, you know, mm-hmm. her, her right. Her first screen role, which, you know, she she's a big star, you know, the, the, that people remember as well. I always think it's funny about. Yeah. Um, the woman who plays um,
3: Kane's mother,
4: mm.
3: well, she goes on to be Dora from Bewitched. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> Agnes Moorhead. Yeah, you know, when I think about yeah, it, yeah. I mean,
0: that's the word. I'm sorry. Did I say? Did I say? Um, who did I say? Jesus. Marlene Agnes Dietrich? Moorhead was what was who I. Was who I, I said Marlene Dietrich. Yeah, Agnes uh, okay. Moorhead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was
3: like, yeah, um, brain fart. Yeah, that's okay. I, I yeah, that's the thing for me, It's like I always think when I think about that scene and I think about her and then I think about what I know her mostly from, you know, it's just one of those things where yeah, that's where she goes on to be is is Indora, you mm. know, from Bewitch. So But no, I love I love Joseph Cotton in this. I think that uh I think his character is awesome. I think the like you were saying, uh Clifton, the whole thing about how understated and how um subtle he has to be in a lot of scenes is is just great. Like I love his yeah. his segment his that sequence with him is one of my favorite things about this movie.
0: His flashback sequence. Hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, I love that whole
2: bit. Mm-hmm. That whole thing is great. Is that the one we he's making like the paper doll? or Am I missing that?
0: One? Oh, that well, well, that's that's an interesting bit too. I think that that's a nice way of of showcasing just like how awful to him that opera is. It's like yeah. he's <laughs> he's us in that moment, and I just like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. That Like, he's just he's just he's tortured himself and he's taking it out on, the, on his program. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that was that made me laugh out loud when I saw that. That was funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how, how else is this influential? Would you guys say what, what, what are we missing here?
2: Well, one thing I remember that you like is the um, the long shots mm-hmm. um, and transitions. Like, one transition that I clearly didn't see, but it occurred, was when he takes the photo of the guys of the other newspaper, and it mm-hmm. turns out to be real people. Like, the transition of that was almost seamless. Right. And then there's those long shots in which, like, when you get to his second wife, and she's, like, drunk on the table, but it mm-hmm. starts off with the picture of her young, then it pans yeah. up to um, the nightclub's. What you call the, roof the, night of the club. nightclub? Yes, and then it mm-hmm. goes all the way in over to the sky roof where you see her yeah. slumped over, and it it is like all the exposition you need as to who she is, where she's at, and how she's feeling, all in like seconds. To me, it's such a simple shot, but it tells so much in a damn near remarkably short amount of time. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's it's a si- it's a simple shot that I think I think is is weirdly complex if you like it's one of those things I watch that shot and it's just like the physics of it I don't understand I'm like where cuz like I'm looking at like like the, the the stuff on the roof itself and I'm like how are they getting the camera physically like to do this move right you know what I mean like like I know it's coming in under the sound under the sign but like where is it like I like I just I, this is where you were saying you want to see a documentary about it like I would love to see somebody film the camera guy that was filming this this shot
2: <laughs> yeah you know no that would be amazing even
0: still that like i'm sure it was on a dolly or i'm sure it was on a crane of some kind but i still want to see like like just what it looked like because yeah. i mean because it's 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 one of those shots that like just it keeps going and every time you think that they're going to dissolve to something else or cut to something else it just keeps going farther and farther and farther and then it gets to the skylight and it's still going <laughs> you know yeah
1: yeah they do cheat a cut through the skylight though. Oh, do they? Yeah, they don't change frame. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't but that's the thing, it doesn't
2: feel like it. If you didn't mention yeah, it, again, mm-hmm. I don't right. I don't know the nuances or the descriptions with it. Yeah. But if you didn't tell mm-hmm. me that, I wouldn't have believed it be as such. Mm-hmm.
0: So all right. So we will start getting into the ending in just a minute. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And finally, if you have any ideas for a topic, you can send them our way on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials: L M K H I I. All right. So let's get let's talk about the ending then. So which <laughs> we got into a little bit, but let's let's hit it hard now. Mm-hmm. But did he own the warehouse to um
2: in Indiana Jones? I mean, just saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Probably another thing that was tributing. Like yes. Spielberg yeah. was probably doing another tribute to Citizen Kane there
2: yeah oh, mm-hmm. tremendously so yeah.
1: yeah one of many many isn't that impressive
0: though to me i mean that was the thing i thought about i f- more times this time than ever on any previous viewing of this movie is like just the amount of stuff in the shots oh mm-hmm. yeah right yes like the yes. room trashing scene right like the amount of stuff that was put up and just like in, and filled in for just for him to destroy
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> That was his junk room. That's absurd. <laughs>
1: yeah, that scene got recreated in Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm. The Wes Anderson oh, really? stop motion film? Is it yeah. all?
0: Is it also two minutes long in Fantastic Mr. Fox? See, it's a
1: little. Well, I mean, stop motion, so it don't. They, it would be a lot more tedious to make. But there is a scene, a, a room trashing scene, okay. uh, that is tribute to that. <laughs> it's
0: a great room trashing scene. It is. It's very good. <laughs>
1: But now again,
3: I think that speaks to the idea of like, of all the stuff that he tried to acquire and just still, you know, was empty and awful inside, right. mm-hmm. you know, especially like when you said that we talked about that opening and it pans by like the zoo, and
1: <laughs> you know, and all the stuff yeah. that he's he, got. He bought everything you could imagine. Yeah. The largest private zoo since Noah, the newsreel <laughs> said. Yes,
3: <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a great line too. But yeah, that's, that just speaks to the fact that no, you just never could fill up with it. Whatever was. Whatever was empty in old old Charles Foster Kane, you know just could never
2: you know could never get it. ooh, I have a question for you guys. do you think he killed his first and second his first wife and first son like bumped him off yes <laughs> because i did I miss something because the in the newsreel it's like there's a transition to which I think his 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 former wife and son die, but they don't mm. say hi. But it's real close to the marriage right. of his second wife. They don't say mm. why. They don't say how. It's to make imply that he was done with them. Right. That's I I, I almost went back to Rwanda, but that meant I was going to watch more of it. So I said no. <laughs> uh, so you guys can answer that question. Did you get the feeling he bumped them off or took care of them or? You know, uh, anything? I didn't. I don't. I don't. I'm trying to think. I don't remember that she. Because I
3: thought, thought it died. was just no,
1: the the, the, the mentions they die in a car accident. Uh, yes, well, both <laughs> the, the, the wife, saying. the the first oh. wife and son. That's all I remember. Yes. Hmm. I mean, he doesn't have any reason to at that point. Right. He's already right. made that bed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but still, however, I mean, cost him a governorship. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you know, he he cost himself a governorship. Right. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying he didn't. But, you know, some people could twist the truth and have a newspaper and say other things. You know, I sure. mean, I'm I'm not that guy, True. but I don't have a newspaper behind me, you know, trying I mean, to get a
3: different a different rosebud cost him the governorship.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So what I think is interesting is the fact is the fact that at the end, like they're burning stuff. hmm. Right it's like yeah. they're not they're not giving it away they're not right i mean i guess maybe some of it <laughs> no. that's getting
1: wrapped up but like i mean that's the life, they're burning the stuff they think is junk
0: yes right. yes and it's like for 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 all his life was was acquiring this stuff like you know mm-hmm. it's meaningless <laughs> sure in the end right you know? in the end it is right yeah. well i mean that's that's part of the reason why the the whole
3: thing about Rosebud the, yeah, in the first the place point. is it's yeah. the idea that you know, for, for a guy who lived such a you know an amazing quote unquote life that he did, to have such a you know an epitaph that is rosebud his you know his final words, you know basically be a rosebud and no one really knows. I mean, we the viewer know, but no mm-hmm. one knows in the within the context of the story knows, you know.
2: Yeah, and none of his close friends even had a clue as mm-hmm. to that's that what that word meant. I mean, right. he had a wife for several years, best friend still alive.
1: Even mm-hmm, the guy mm-hmm.
2: that took him couldn't even answer that question. Right. And then prob- the only yeah. people that probably had an inkling have passed long since, you know. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's just, a, it just points out to how much he didn't, people still didn't know him, I guess.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. Or, you know, basically, you, can you really know anyone? I mean, there's the other, the other bit about it is the fact that.
2: Ah, uh, that's too macabre. No. <laughs>
4: what do you mean? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I, well, I'm just, yeah, I'm just but, saying.
3: For no, all, he again, was a jerk. Right, but what I'm saying is, for again, the idea being, especially for the time, you got to consider for the time the idea that what people would have known about Hearst was what Hearst wanted people to know,
2: right? Well, to me, that could be said about anybody who keeps their secrets close. You know, sure, I mean, you don't you don't know what they're doing till you catch them doing it, so to speak. You know, I'm right, looking but at then, several but, politicians,
3: but think about it. But right, but again, think about the time and the time you're not. This is not everyone's got a cell phone. This is not everyone's got. You know, this is, you know, if if someone if someone had a scandal, you paid people mm. off or you bumped people off. And that was yeah. that, you know, and yeah, again, no. and again, and again, again, if you didn't read the paper or you didn't talk about those things, that a scandal of, that, of, of any kind at that time wasn't something that if it didn't happen and it was reported on, people didn't know about it. Not
0: like now where someone no, does something. I- I think it's a time too that like people trusted the news. Also, well, there's at that, that point too for too, sure. Right? Well, again, getting, well. getting
3: back to the idea of of getting into the Spanish American War, you know, if you're basically t- sell a, b- a bill of goods about what's going on with um, what's the ship? Is it the main? Speaking of the main, yeah, the main. So, you know, when we were told that, that that's what what caused was what caused the, the, the was, was the saboteurs. You know, if people believed you and they went to, I mean, people, you know, again, people like you were saying upending people's lives. That was done okay. because because of that.
2: Okay, all right. I'm glad you mentioned the Spanish American War. It's no mm. different than that or a U.S. occupation in Afghanistan. Secrets are kept. Things are done. Governments uh, uh, act as they wanted to, and secrets are kept. Just right. as you guys are saying with cell phones. Just because cell phones weren't there then, people could still find information. Hence, why his affair was exposed. So it's not that people don't do dirt, and but secrets. Real secrets people keep close to their chest, and that's okay. even said to now even with even with cell phones or technology or the internet. What I'm saying is, things you want to keep close, you'll keep close. If you're not that person, some people were. If you're if you're that much of a jerk like he was, yeah, you're gonna keep those questions. But if you want to open up your life to people in such a way that you don't want to harbor those secrets, you'll find a way to uh share it with the people that you love. You know, that's what I meant. Mm. I'm not surprised that people didn't know him because he was a jerk. That's all I'm feeling about that.
3: But, I, but again, I don't think I don't I don't think he could. Up until his death, maybe he has the you know he has that epiphany or has that moment. Up until his death, I don't think he has any idea what he's longing for.
2: Well, to mm-hmm. me, up until his death, I don't think he ever had a friend. I mean, I even with Leland, I don't think sure. he ever had a friend, no. and no one to confide in with his personal life. He created yeah. those people, those situations based upon the money. But mm-hmm. it, but you're talking about a friend, friend. This dude never had a friend, and the only time he could have had a friend, he forced her to sing opera. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't feel sorry for.
3: Him. Well, I mean, but, mm. but yeah, because by by sheer force of will, he tries. He basically tries to rewrite the narrative, and it doesn't work. Yes, and it never <laughs> yeah.
2: works. It right. never works.
3: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
2: He, but it's just like that one politician said, Getty, that he wanted to go out of business. Oh, you're gonna learn many lessons, and he was right. But he yeah. did. But it, it didn't necessarily come from him. But to me, uh, it was an ominous foretelling of what his life's going to be.
3: Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That whole moment encapsulates exactly what what happens to him because the fact of his his ego and his thoughts. Again, the idea of people will think what I tell them to think is, again, very telling. The idea that, yeah, okay, to a point. But you can't just because you just because you shout down other people and tell them this is what they're supposed to think. The truth is going to come out. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Terrible movie, though. Awful. Just yeah himself. oh my god i just wonder how happy <laughs> yes
0: how happy orson wells was when when the fire burned the sled in that way where like it's just also it's it's like mm-hmm. almost hypnotizing the way that the the, the the it's just like it's it's starting to bubble up and boy and you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. as it's taking effect for a non-cgi shot it's it's like oh
3: you couldn't have asked for it to be better
0: <laughs> yeah no exactly exactly <laughs> right.
3: For something that you, you know, control burn for what you wanted it to mm-hmm. do. It's like, no, it, it, it does. I mean, I, you know, again, I don't know how many times they had to shoot. I mean, he how many, sl- yeah. Yeah. How many sleds, sleds they had, had. Yeah. you know, nowadays you, <laughs> your prop guy would have like, you know, eight sleds ready to go. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. For that perfect burn. Yeah. You're right. Yes. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie. Yes. It's a great movie. <laughs> I think, I think, I, I, you know, I, I, like, <laughs> like, like, like I, like I said, it's, you know, it's, you know, there are more fun movies to watch, but I think, but, you know, like we've been saying this whole, this whole show, like everybody calls to this movie somewhere. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I, I think. In the Indiana Jones thing was one I completely forgot about until, until mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, there's, yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's, that's a Raiders of the Lost Ark is calling to this. Yeah.
2: Oh, so, no, so many visuals come to mind when you watch that movie. So many. It's like. Mm-hmm. damn near every scene floods something else that you've seen you know Mm -hmm. yeah. even the close up when he got the dude talking rosebud I was like huh that's interesting to me I remember to me it reminded me of um, Young Justice when you get um, the helm of fate talking like you always see his mouth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right yeah it's just little stuff
0: well I think I I think when when you were talking about the cinematographer um, what's his name Toland um, the, the the idea I think that they were like just a match made in heaven for the, these two because. Oh, truly, truly. The, 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 the idea was is that. You know, he he knew of Wells sort of like reputation for creative experimentation and stuff like that, and he was excited to work with him because he was like, this guy's going to let me try stuff that no other director and no other studio is going to let me do. And so I th- I think that they just got. You know, they just they just brought it out of each other. Just sort of like like what different stuff can we do as far as like like, you know, he's walking in that hall and there's like that the mirrors on either side of him, So you have like the infinity shot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, as he's walking. Like, yes,
1: which is in uh, Nolan used in Inception. Mm -hmm. Yes, but no,
2: (laughs) to me, that's another thing that was great. The way he uses reflections is unreal Mm -hmm. in that whole movie, especially for that time.
0: Yeah. When you when you see the nurse walk in the door and then you don't and then you don't realize like, oh, that's in the snow globe. That's in the snow. And globe. I'm looking yes. at it. And yes. it's really it's really up there that it's happening. Yeah. 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 Yes. I just like I love I love the way that the movie constantly like like reverses some kind of thought or some kind of sensation that you have starting off a scene or starting off a moment. And then it's like, oh, no, it's really this. Yes. <laughs> you know, brilliant in
2: that regard.
1: For the cinematographer, for for Greg Tolan, this is actually towards the end of his career, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, He passed away in 1948 at the age of 44. So pretty young still passed away at 48 or at 44 in 1948. But Uh he had started in 1926 and had been working multiple movies a year up throughout his whole life. So he hmm. had a, he had a big long run of movies of uh, some of the more famous ones, Grapes of Wrath, okay. uh, Wuthering Heights, the 1939 oh, wow. version, hmm. uh, Little Fox is 41. Like he's, he, he's done a ton, ton of stuff throughout his, his sh- unfortunately cut too short career.
0: Yeah. Well, at least his legacy is, is in, <laughs> intact, right? <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? He, he's always going to be remembered. So yeah check it out guys if you haven't watched it it is awesome yes HBO Max that's where I checked it out (laughs) All right, but yeah so hit us up in the comments or on Twitter let us know what you guys think you know have you seen this movie let us know how you like it and if you haven't and and you're inspired to watch it after listening to us let us know what you think As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on letmenowhowitis.com. Please remember to like us and follow us on social media, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.